0: Well, good morning. It is Monday. Hold on, I've got to pull my glasses down because I've got my reading glasses on. It's what, Monday the 9th? Oh no, listen, I'm looking at my November calendar. That won't work. It's Monday the 7th of December, silly me. And it's good to be back in America. So it's very cold. I had a fabulous vacation and feel very lucky that we, everything went really well. Uh, Delta was amazing. We were always socially distanced. We had on two of the flights, three of the flights. We had, my husband and I had a row to ourselves. So there was a, we each had a seat and there was a seat in between us. And um, on another flight, because we weren't able to do direct flights, we actually, excuse me, had a row each, which was kind of amazing. That won't happen again in the future, I am sure. So I was very lucky to go on a tropical paradise vacation with lots of social distancing. So I went from quarantining at my house to quarantining at the hotel, which was actually very pleasant. All right. So here we are. It is Monday morning, and I am back talking to you about TR90 and Body Burn 30 our programs for for keeping your body healthy and well and building muscle and trying to burn fat and, of course, all the things that we do with water and sleep and exercise. And it's all really about what? Keeping our brain healthy so our brain can direct us to do all the cool things that we need to do to stay well and healthy. And exercise, but having that brain work is really important. And I'm reading again from Brain Rules, John Medina. And Brain Rules are the 12 principles for surviving, thriving, at work, home, and school. And we did a thing on, we're doing a thing on short-term memory. The anatomical relationship between the hippocampus and the cortex has helped 21st century scientists further define two types of memory. Declarative memory is, is any conscious memory system that is altered when the hippocampus and various surrounding regions become damaged. The non-declarative memory is defined as those unconscious memory systems that are not altered or at least not great altered when the hippocampus and surrounding regions are damaged the next area to be focused upon is declarative memory a vital part of our everyday activities and remember declarative memory is any conscious memory that is altered when the hippocampus and various surrounding regions become damaged declarative memory is when I'm going to remember something Research shows that the life cycle of declarative memory can be divided into four sequential steps. One, encoding. Two, storing. Three, retrieving. And four, forgetting. Encoding describes what happens at the initial moment of learning, that fleeting golden instant when the brain first encounters a new piece of declarative information. It also involves a whopping fallacy one in which your brain is an active co-conspirator. Here is an example of this subversion coming once again from the (laughs) clinical observations of the the neurologist Oliver Sacks, S-A-C-K-S. The case involves a low-functioning autistic boy named Tom, who had become quite famous for being able to do music, although little else. Tom never received a formal instruction in music of any kind, but he learned to play the piano by simply listening to another person playing. Astonishingly, he could play complex pieces of music with the skill and artistry of an accomplished professional on his first try after hearing the music exactly once. In fact, he has been observed in playing the song. He has been observed playing the song, "Fisherman's Hornpipe" with his left hand, while simultaneously playing "Yankee Doodle Dandy." Sorry, "Yankee Doodle Dandy" with his right hand, while simultaneously singing "Dixie." He can also play the piano backwards. That is, with his back to the keyboard and his hands inverted. Not bad for a boy who cannot even tie his own shoelaces. Then we hear about, when we hear about people like this, we kind of are a little bit jealous. Tom absorbs music as if, it, as if he could switch the on position to some neural recording device in his head. We think we also have this video recorder, and this is our brain, our brain acting as a co conspirator. We think we have this recorder in our brain, only our model is not nearly as good. This is a common impression. Most people believe that the brain is a lot like a recording device, that learning is something akin to pushing the record button and then remembering is simply pushing playback. Oh, wrong. In the real world of the brain, Tom's or yours, nothing could be further from the truth. The moment of learning of encoding is so mysterious and complex that we have no metaphor to describe what happens to our brains in those first fleeting seconds. The little we do know suggests that it is like a blender after running with the lid off. The information is literally sliced into discrete pieces as it enters the brain and is splattered all over the insides of our mind. Stated formally, signals from different sensory sources are registered in separate brain areas. The information is fragmented and redistributed the instant the information is encountered. If you look at a complex picture, for example, your brain immediately extracts the diagonal lines from the vertical lines and stores them into different areas. The same with color. If the picture is moving... The fact of its motion will be extracted and stored in a place separate from the picture, separate from if the picture was static. This separation is quite violent and so pervasive it even shows up when we perceive exclusively human-made information, such as parts of a language. One woman suffered a stroke in a specific re- region of her brain. And lost the ability to use written vowels. You could ask her to write down a simple sentence, such as, Your dog chased the cat. And it would look like this. Your would be Y space space R. Dog, D-O-D space G. Chased, C-H space S space D. The, T H space, cat, C, space, T. There would be a place for every letter, but the, vowel, where the where the vowel spots were, it was blank. So we know that vowels and consonants are not stored in the same place. Her stroke damaged some kind of connecting wiring. That is exactly the opposite of the strategy a video recorder uses to record things. If you look closely, however, the blender effect goes much deeper. Even though she lost the ability to fill in the vowels of a given word, she had completely and perfectly preserved the place setting where the vowel should go. Using the same logic, it appears that the place where a vowel should go is stored separate in a separate area than from the vowel itself. Content is stored separately from its context or its container. It's really hard to believe, isn't it? The world appears to you as a a unified whole. If the interior brain functions tell us that it is not, how then do we keep track of everything? How do features that are registered separately, including the vowels and consonants in any sentence, become reunited to to produce the perceptions of continuity? It is a question that has bothered researchers for years, and and it has been given its own special name. It is called the binding problem, from the idea that certain thoughts are bound together in the brain to provide continuity. We have no idea how the brain routinely and effortlessly give us, gives us this illusion of stability. It's amazing. It's all stored in different places, yet somehow we pull it all together. Not that there aren't hints. Close inspection of the initial moments of learning, the encoding stage, has supplied insights into not only the binding problem but human learning of any kind. It is these hints that we will now turn. Is it automatic or stick shift? To encode information means to convert data, well, to a code. Creating codes always involves translating information from one form to another, usually for transformation purposes, often to keep something secret. From a physiological point of view, encoding is the conversion of external sources of energy into electrical patterns the brain can understand. From a purely psychological point of view, it is the manner in which we apprehend, pay attention to, and ultimately organize the information for storage purposes. Encoding, from both perspectives, prepares information for further processing. It is the one. It is one of the many intellectual processes the Rain Man, Kim Peek, is so good at. The brain is capable of performing several types of encoding. One type of encoding is automatic, which can be illustrated by talking about what you had for dinner last night or the Beatles. The two came together for John Medina one evening of of an amazing Paul McCartney concert he he attended in the early 2000s. If you were to ask him what he had for dinner before the concert and what happened on stage, he could tell you about both events in great detail, though the actual memory is very complex and is composed of spatial locations Sequences of events, sights, smells, tastes, etc. He did not have to write down some exhaustive list of its varied experiences and then try to remember the list in detail just in case he was asked about the evening. This is because his brain deployed a certain type of encoding scientists call automatic processing. It is the kind occurring with glorious unintentionality requiring minimal attentional effort. It is very easy to recall data that has been encoded via this process. The memories seem bound all together into a cohesive, readily retrievable form. Automatic processing has an evil twin that isn't nearly so accommodating, however. as soon as the Paul McCartney tickets went on sale, he dashed to the purchasing website, which required a password for for entrance. And of course, you know what happened. He couldn't remember his password. Finally, he found the right one and snagged some good seats. But trying to commit those passwords to memory is quite a chore. And he says he has a dozen or so passwords written on countless lists. Scattered throughout his house, the kind of encoding initiated deliberately, requiring conscious, energy-burning attention, is called effortless effortful processing. The information does not seem to be bound together at well as well. Sorry, this information does not seem bound together well at all, and requires lots of repetition before it can be retrieved with ease, with the ease of automatic processing. So there goes that little statement. Repeat to remember, remember to repeat. So if you've got codes or you've got numbers that you need to remember, repeat to remember and remember to repeat. And there we are. We're going to stop right now because the next section is on different kinds of encoding. And I'll be back on Wednesday to tell you more about it. All right. I want to thank you for joining us today for our TR90 program or or weight management call. I'd like to thank Brian Curry for all his work in keeping everything going, for Frank for recording, for Susan for always being there whenever I need her, and thank you very much for joining with me today. Hold on. Let me just... Get my thing and now get the right one. I did it right.
1: Yay! <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So, if anybody else is listening right now, one of the things that I've been noticing because of everything that's going on and there's nothing that we can do about it, is I definitely have a sense of depression. And I'm just finding that I'm often very sad. And we all, I think we're probably all experiencing this. And I know that exercise helps. But if anybody has found any techniques or ideas in the next days or so or weeks, do speak up and tell us because I think that it would help everybody listening to the calls to cope better. Because I'll tell you, I was doing really well, but I suddenly realized that I'm not doing as well as I thought I was, and I was fooling myself. So there are times when I feel just pervasive sadness, and it's just there. So if you've got any ideas, I'm looking for help, just like my teeth with Walter. (laughs) there's a thought.
1: Diffuse some really sunny-smelling uh, essential oils around the house. That will help.
0: Okay, that's good. Like lemon and bur and and um, I think it was not burst. Um, what was the orange one, the citrus one that we had? I still have some left. So yes, that's a good idea. That's-
1: well, and make a note of which essential oils they put in that blend, because then, you know, there are other places you can get some of those essential oils, and you kind of blend your own to make a master yes. blend.
0: However, you also have to be careful with your dogs, because I yeah. read a little article. read a little article that some that that there are some um, of the essential oils that are not good for dogs, and one of them is lavender. So, um, you might, yes. so you might, so you might not want to do put lavender in your.
1: As long as the pet has, can get out of the room and get away from it, if it bothers them, that that's been one of the things that they've been saying on some of the other um, essential oil blogs. But uh, for yes. cats, a lot of the citrus is not good. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it, it's just one of those things.
0: No kidding. That's Who would have really thought?
1: But a lot of times, yes, if you're diffusing it, if you're diffusing it into a diffuser, especially a water-based one, then you're actually um, spreading it out even more than otherwise. Yes. If, you know, if you are applying it directly to them, so there is that I, as well.
0: I know. So I am now, because I have a Dalmatian, going to be very much more particular with lavender because that was one of the ones that was mentioned for dogs. And we only have a dog. But the idea of putting citrus and lemon will certainly, I think that's a really good idea. And you know what, even if it's not in your diffuser, if you remember to go and smell it, just open the lid and smell it for a minute or two It will go into your system.
1: Well, and you can make inhalers, little capsules Mm -hmm. that you soak a wick in, and you can open it up and smell it out of that. And then after you've done that like about 20 times, then you need to refresh your inhaler. But there's that. Yeah.
0: Good idea. That was a really good first one. I believe that was Victoria. If so, thank you. No, it was Susan. Oh, it was you. Okay, Susan. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I didn't catch your voice until after. Very not good. Not a
1: problem. Not a problem. Just, right. you know, that's a couple of thoughts there, so.
0: <laughs> oh, good ones. Good ones. So if anybody has any other ideas and they want to speak up over the, not tomorrow, because I think Nikki is on and I haven't had no letter or no, um, text yet to say panic stations can i switch so um nikki will be on tomorrow with the weight management call on zoom so if you still got that zoom number please join us and that's a heads up for brian and if i find anything else out i will let susan know immediately and she will let you know all righty so god bless have a great day One Team Global is starting now with enthusiastic people who would like to teach you how to run your business. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll hear you again tomorrow. God bless.
1: God bless. Take care.
0: Thank you. I will. You also. And everybody, thanks for being here.